Jesus in Matthew 16, 18 declared, I will build my church. In the book of Acts, we see that Jesus began to fulfill that declaration. And Luke records the history of the early church and um, it is the history of how Jesus began to uh, build his church. Acts 2 is the pivotal event in the book of Acts. It's where the story turns. It's the transformational event as God sends the Spirit. And we established two weeks ago uh, this principle that Jesus builds his church through his Spirit. And that's, that's the... Uh, that's the big idea for all of these sermons, that Jesus builds his church through his spirit. The book of Acts gives us details of how Jesus did that, and we're going we're gonna to begin to look at those this Sunday. This is not a, um, this is not a expositional verse-by-verse sermon series. This is a thematic sermon series, and so we're going to be looking at some broad ideas from the book of Acts, answering the question, how did Jesus, through his spirit, build his church? The implication for us today is Jesus started that in the first century, but Jesus continues to do that today. Um, Even though this is not a a verse-by-verse series, uh, as Byron and Will and I planned this, we took the book of Acts and we began to uh, read the verses, of course. Uh, there's an introductory chapter in chapter 1. Then you come to chapter 2, God sends his spirit. It becomes very clear that when Jesus said he was going to build his church, he was going to build it through his spirit. And then we just continued to read and we came to verse 14. <clears throat> and this is what we're going to do in subsequent weeks we're going to take an idea that emerges from the story and kind of trace that throughout the book of Acts. Now, this, these are broad strokes. But in Acts 2.14, uh, it says, But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and heed my words. Uh, I want to talk about leadership in the church today because as I was reading Acts chapter 2, the first uh, idea uh, that emerged, the, the first evidence of saying, wait a second, here is something. This is a means by which the Spirit builds the church. The first thing that emerged to me Acts 2.14, it's about leadership. How does Jesus build the church? Jesus builds the church by raising up leaders through his spirit. That's just, that's the big idea. Jesus builds the church by raising up leaders through his spirit. And it happens first. In Acts 2.14, I would contend today that 
the church could not have been built, even with the coming of the Spirit, unless somebody took leadership that day. Shouldn't surprise us knowing the personality type of Peter, that it was Peter that spoke that day. But it, but it says in 14, it says, but Peter standing up with the 11. <clears throat> and so, I mean, you, you don't hear from the 11. And we have the words of Peter. But I want you to get this very simple idea that the church can only be built when there are leaders who stand up and stand out. Somebody has to take leadership for the church to be built. So what is the first thing that the Spirit does? The Spirit raises up leaders to stand up, to stand out, to take the point, and uh, through that, the Spirit begins to build the church. I don't really have time for this this morning, but there's kind of a, a, a deduction you can make uh, as to why. Why did Peter stand up that day? Why did Peter speak these words? And you understand that the words that he speaks are recorded in inspired Scripture, and so we can deduce backwards, in essence, that the words that Peter spoke that day were inspired by the Holy Spirit. Spirit, And so I know it doesn't say that Peter, prompted by the Holy Spirit, stood up that day and stood out and he spoke. But you understand if he spoke uh, inspired Scripture, we know that all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and that there's uh, the other passage that said uh, that, that God moved men to speak as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. Um, first, maybe Second Peter 1. I'm supposed to know this. Second Peter 1. Check me on that, somebody. Uh, I just butchered that. Uh, but anyhow, it was the Holy Spirit. Why does Peter stand that day? He's prompted by the Holy Spirit. How does he know what to say? Because the Holy Spirit gave him utterance. And so we, we see very simply, first, that the Holy Spirit raises up leaders not only that the Holy Spirit not only calls out but the Holy Spirit also produces ministry through those leaders there, there's one other verse and we're going to end up in, in Acts 20 but in Acts 13 2 You see this, what I've, what I've just said clearly in Scripture. And this is in the church of Antioch. But it says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, notice this, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. The Holy Spirit speaks, and the Holy Spirit says, I have called these men to a specific task. Understand that the Holy Spirit is the one who was calling and also producing the ministry of these leaders. Now, I just need to paint some broad strokes before we get to Acts 20. Understand, and I would really encourage you, in these weeks that we're in the book of Acts, is 
to take a chapter a week or whatever that would be. I don't know. We should have had a reading plan for y'all. I don't, it's, it's not a whole lot. I mean, Acts is only 28 chapters and most of what we're going to focus on is from about chapters 1 through 20. But I would encourage you to read that so you kind of have a general understanding of the events that occur. Here's what I see. The story of the early churches being built is told primarily through the lives of its leaders. When I just, in a broad sense, read those chapters this week, it's like it's the stories of the leaders. I mean, you can start with Peter. Uh, there's a story in chapter 3 that John's with Peter. Uh, you see James, uh, the brother of John. I mean, he, he's martyred in chapter 12. You see Barnabas is introduced in chapter 4. The first deacons are introduced uh, in chapter 6, and you see stories in chapter 6, chapter 7, chapter 8 of two of those deacons, Stephen and Philip. In chapter 9, you see Saul of Tarsus comes on the scene. Later on, Silas and Timothy are introduced. But just in a broad sense, the story is told through those leaders. And if I was just kind of some general thoughts of what is it that they do? What happens to them? What do we see in those leaders just in a broad sense? Is that the leaders take the point to testify to Jesus. The leaders also bear the brunt of persecution. The leaders hold the standard of truth of God's word. The leaders give structure to the community, the church. And the leaders also help the church navigate through conflict. That's just, that's just kind of, that's like a blowover, a flyover of the first 19 chapters. I, I want us to look though this morning for just a few moments <laughs> Paul's address to the Ephesian elders in Acts chapter 20 because it is a scripture that as we will read it, you will see, speaks of how the Holy Spirit not only calls out but the Holy Spirit produces the ministry of those leaders. And, and I wish we had more time this morning to, uh, to look at this further but let me just make some points some general points. In Acts 20, verse 17, so understand, Paul is established and has had a ministry at Ephesus. He's, he's, uh, he's collecting the money for the, the offering for the Jerusalem saints. He's coming back by. He stops at the port city Miletus. He sends for the elders who are the leaders of the church at Ephesus, and he speaks to them. This is the only speech in all of Acts that is recorded that is... Uh, addressed to Christians. Everyone else, all the other uh, speeches are directed towards people who aren't Christians. Such significant words. And so it says in verse 17, from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and he called for the elders of the church. And when they'd come to him, he said to them, you know from the first day that I came to Asia in what manner I always lived among you serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews, 
how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And see now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And indeed, now I, I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, will see my face no more. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. And then I, the last verse I want to read is verse 28. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. Jesus builds his church by raising up leaders through his spirit. In that last verse, he says, therefore, verse 28, therefore take heed to yourselves and to, the, to all the flock, notice this, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. So not only did Jesus call out Paul to stand up and stand out, he called him to leadership, but he also called out these elders of the church of Ephesus. And the first thing that Paul says in verse 18 is he says, you know the life that I've lived among you. So what he begins to describe there about leadership is something that they have observed. Paul says, you've, you've seen my life three years. I spent a month. You know the life that I've lived. And the thing that comes out are the characteristics of leadership which is a product of the Holy Spirit. There's three things there that Paul says that, that I that just emerge as I study this of the characteristics of leadership that is a product of the Holy Spirit. Not all leadership is a product of the Holy Spirit. Partly Paul is saying, I want you to know what it will look like when leaders have a ministry that is a product of the Holy Spirit. And the first thing in verse 19 is humility. He says in verse 19, serving the Lord with all humility. <clears throat> the first characteristic of leadership that is a product of the Holy Spirit is that it is humble in attitude. Uh, Paul says, serving the Lord with all humility. 
I made this statement earlier, and it ties in here. I never wanted to do ministry in my own strength and my own, my own power. Either God was going to do it or I couldn't do it. I never wanted to come to the place in my ministry where I could do it. And it ties into this. It's kind of interesting that the first thing that Paul says that characterizes ministry that is a product of the Holy Spirit is humble in attitude, serving the Lord with all humility. Um, humility in this case in church leadership relates to the fact that God is God and I as a leader am not. No, he is the Lord. I am his servant. And you can't, as a leader, you can't ever get that confused. And that's, that's why Paul talks about humility. I understand who I am and I understand who he is and I understand the connection and the relationship in between that I can't do this unless he does. He is Lord, I am not. I am just a servant. He, he not only says that, he says serving the Lord with, I thought it was interesting, all humility. I, don't, I always think all these words have significance. <laughs> I'm thinking, he could have just said serving the Lord with humility. He said, no, he said serving the Lord with all humility. I thought, what does that mean? I think at all times, in all circumstances, knowing who I am and who he is. And it becomes the first characteristic of leadership that is a product of the Holy Spirit. The calling and the power come from God and leaders whose ministry is a product of the Holy Spirit We'll always understand this. Uh, later in verse 19, he says, With many tears and trials which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. The second thing I see that emerges from this scripture is the, other, the second characteristic is steadfast in opposition. Steadfast in opposition. And he talks about the opposition there in verse 19. With many tears and trials which happened to me by the plotting of the of the Jews, uh, later in verse 22, he says, And see now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying, Chains and tribulations await me. And, and that, that was true historically for Paul. He's on his way to Jerusalem. He's going to be arrested. And he's going to go to prison in Rome. And you would think, well, wait a second. If the Holy Spirit told you that you're going to be incarcerated when you get to Jerusalem, surely that's God's word to you to say, don't go to Jerusalem. Except he says, no, I go bound in the Spirit. This is what God has called me to do. And, and that statement, he even goes on in verse 24, he says, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself. Um, in a battle, those on the front line are in the lead will face the enemy first. 
It's true in leadership. It was true in Paul's life. It'll be true in our lives. There will be opposition. In fact, most likely there will be more opposition, and we see this in the book of Acts, to the leaders. Why? Because they are the ones who stand up and stand out, and they become a target of opposition. But a ministry that is characterized as a product of the Holy Spirit will be steadfast despite, in the face of, opposition. Um, I'll speak frankly today. (laughs) Um, There is a price to leadership. You see it in the book of Acts. We don't have time. We'll, We'll have another sermon about persecution. There's a price. I say this to other leaders that I have a voice with. Hear me. You have to pay the price to lead. There's a cost. There's no way around it. The option is here is to, to tuck and run. No, Paul says, I'm bound in the Spirit. There is a price to leadership. There is a price that must be paid. Leadership is not, that position of leadership is not so much about privilege as it is a price that has to be paid. But the only way the church, your family, your business, whatever realm you are in that you are a leader, the only way it will advance is if there is someone, if there is a leader who is willing to pay the price to push forward. Do you understand what I'm saying today? If you don't say amen, I'm going to keep preaching on this point. Amen. I thought you, I thought you got it. And so that is that phrase, steadfast in opposition. The final thing, the third thing, he begins to talk about in verse 20. And he says, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, He says in verse 20, how I kept nothing back. I'm sorry. My dyslexia kicking in. How I, (laughs) I'm sorry. No, I How I kept back nothing. It is the same, Scott, you're going to be fascinated by this. This is the same Greek word as in verse 27. So Scott was my college roommate, and he he thought I probably studied Greek because I went to my room. He didn't know what I was doing in there, but apparently I got my Greek, you know, I got my degree, and so as far as he knows, I'm a Greek scholar. Uh, But the same Greek word, he, he repeats himself. Verse 20, he says, how I kept back nothing. It's the same phrase in verse 27 when he says, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. When I, when I saw that statement, what I, what I saw, the third point was that Paul's ministry was characterized by being faithful in calling. It was, it, he speaks about his 
full obedience to what God called him to do in all ways. I kept back nothing. God called me to be a, a spokesman to testify to you. I didn't keep back anything that God told me to tell you. It, and he speaks about this fullness of his ministry. Verse 20, publicly, house to house, you see these contrasts, Jews, Greeks, and even the fullness of the message, repentance, but also faith towards God. Uh, he says at the end of verse 24, he says, so that I may finish my race with joy in the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Paul says, that I'm, so that I may finish my race. There was something that God gave me to do. It, it, he describes it here and also in 2 Timothy chapter 4. He talks about the ministry that I received. There was a calling. There was something that God called him to do. And Paul describes here his own ministry, but it gives us uh, the characteristics of leadership that is a product of the Holy Spirit. It is faithful in calling. I did what God called me to do, and I did it in the fullest way that I knew. Faithful in the calling. Now, there's different callings, and I, I want to use this just to transition to the end. There are different callings. Paul said, my race, the ministry that I received. Uh, some of you in this room, some of you in this room have children who've been called to ministry and missions or missions. You understand? When Brother Earl talks about calling, you understand. As a parent, you trust that the Holy Spirit has called and that God will take care of them. Um, and so maybe we think of calling as those that are called vocationally full-time, but there are all kinds of callings in the church. You may be called to be a deacon, life group teacher. You may be a part of a ministry that you help lead. Uh, these all apply to that. His final statement in verse 28, and I want to end in, with this. He says, therefore, take heed to yourselves. Paul says these are the characteristics of a ministry that comes from leadership that is a product of the Holy Spirit, humble in attitude, steadfast in opposition, faithful in calling, and he shares it from his own perspective. This is the life that he lived. Therefore, he turns it to the elders. Pay attention to the life that I've lived, what God has called you to do. Take heed. The first means that we discover in the book of Acts of how the Spirit builds the church is that the Spirit builds the church by raising up leaders. Uh, it's the first. 
What the Spirit did in the first century, the Spirit still does today. He still calls. He calls to stand up and step out. Church, if we do not heed that call, if that is the first thing the Spirit does, and we do not heed the call of the Holy Spirit, a call to step up and to step out, a call to leadership, we have to conclude the church is not built. And we are challenged by Paul's ministry, the words that he spoke in inspired scripture, that if, if those ministries that we are called to are not a product of the Holy Spirit, if we are not humble in attitude, steadfast in opposition, faithful in calling, the church is not built. We must respond to the call of God. And we must surrender our lives to the Holy Spirit so that the ministries, whatever they are, that God has called us to is a product of the Holy Spirit and not the product of our own strength, ingenuity, and wisdom. Only then is the church built. Amen? Amen. Stand with me this morning. Our worship team is going to come and lead us in a final song. I want to pray this morning. After I've prayed, we will have this closing song. After that, we'll have a two-minute break. We will have a brief, let me say, brief family conference at the end of that. I hope that you can stay for that. If you need to visit with me after that, I am here uh, to visit with you. Brother Will is sick this morning. Brother Byron's out of town. Uh, but I'll be here uh, to visit with you, to pray with you, talk to you about uh, salvation, church membership, baptism, whatever you need to visit with me about. Um, but we'll have this final song, and then at the end of that time, we'll be dis dismissed shortly. We'll reconvene. Uh, for our family conference. Father, today um, we ask that we would hear the voice of the Holy Spirit that still today calls. And Father, I pray that we would have a clear understanding, whoever we are, of what it is that you've called us to do, what realm of leadership you've called us to. That Father, we, would, we wouldn't settle to do that in our own strength but we will do it in your strength so we pray that our, our ministries would be products of the Holy Spirit Father we pray that you'd build your church and uh, so Father we surrender ourselves to that today and we pray it in Jesus name